Hey everyone, welcome to Talk of the Town. This is a podcast where we talk about all things media, creators, business, and more. My name is Tristan. I am the host of the podcast. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. And if you are returning from previous episodes, thank you so much for tuning in to new episodes of the podcast. It really means a lot to myself and everyone working on this podcast. Now, in today's episode, we have a massive episode. This is actually the first triple topic episode because... There's so much that has come out today that I think we need to talk about in the world of media and entertainment and everything. So this is certainly going to be a really interesting episode and everything like that. Now, to first get into our first topic, we're going to be talking about some really interesting news that the Hollywood Reporter uh, mentioned about very recently. I believe it was yesterday, actually that Showtime and Paramount Plus are going to be merging and a rebrand is possibly planned as part of this. And I think it's kind of interesting uh, how this is going to happen. Now, essentially, uh, this has kind of been brewing for some time. The believe, you know, merging of Paramount Plus and Showtime because there was a you know, Paramount Plus and Showtime bundle that's been happening. And just ultimately over time, I think that the consolidation of these two brands were going to be happening. Now, The Hollywood Reporter goes into a little bit of detail talking about essentially how this is going to be, where the Showtime linear TV channel and the premium tier of Paramount Plus are going to be rebranded as Paramount Plus with Showtime and they say that Chris McCarthy is going to be leading the studio in the linear channel with Tom Ryan overseeing the streaming aspect of it. Uh, and I think that it's kind of interesting, right? You know, to see, you know, how this plays out, right? You know, I think what Paramount's trying to do is create a stronger uh, fist when it comes to competing with Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers, and and things of that nature, right? You know, in the same way that, like, for instance, with Warner Brother, you know, merged HBO with HBO Max, and you know, going to do the same thing with Discovery later, you know, this spring when they reveal this new streaming service. So I think it will be kind of very interesting to see how things play out with Paramount and streaming and and everything. I mean, they've certainly been killing it over the last year, year and a half. So very excited to see where things go with that. And I think also at the same time, it'll really be intriguing how, um, you know, this sort of works out for, you know, people that enjoy content on Showtime, on Paramount+, Plus, you know, things of that nature. So Certainly, let me know what you guys think about this. Is this something that you're kind of intrigued by? Is it something that you're not as, you know, really, um, you know, caring about, you know, or do you, you know, really kind of fear for, you know, maybe shows getting canceled or, you know, whatever the case may be? Let me know on social media. Now, before we get into our second topic, I want to talk about the first sponsor for the episode today, that being Hero. Hero is the all-in-one platform 
for watching, laughing, talking, and hanging out with friends while watching your favorite streaming and entertainment services like Netflix, Twitch, ESPN, and more. Whether you're watching on your mobile device, whether you are watching on your TV, or through your desktop, you're able to create intimate hangouts with your friends and watch epic live events, stream together, and ultimately have a really amazing experience all rolled into one live audience platform. If you're someone like me who loves being able to stream with friends from all over the world, Hero is really the best way to do it. I use it all the time when I'm trying to watch shows with friends of mine in other cities. And All right, now getting into our second topic. For this episode, we're going to be talking about the ire of the WGA going at Warner Brothers Discovery. And honestly, this has kind of been expected for quite some time. The Writers Guild of America is no stranger to calling out entertainment companies on really bad, dumb decisions or just calling them out on sort of the, you know, I would say... Uh, not greediness, but sort of the more just cutthroat aspects of the business, right? And specifically, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery, how last year canceled a lot of shows after the Discovery merger for all sorts of reasons, whether it was the tax write-offs, changing in programming, or just out of the blue canceling things or removing them completely from, you know, streaming services, TV networks, things of that nature, Effectively, you know, a, a dark era all in one year for entertainment and, and media. And recently, the Writers Guild came out with a scathing bulletin. Uh, I think it was actually a couple months ago uh, that basically was called the Broken Promise Bulletin. And they basically talked about the harm of mega mergers. Like, again, like, you know, for instance, Disney and Fox, in this case, Warner Brothers and Discovery. And they really uh, went in deep on this, right? I believe also they had an addendum to this, um, which, according to Variety, was called How the Warner Brothers Discovery Merger Hurts Workers and Diversity. Now, to kind of give a little bit of a context to this, right? You know, after the Discovery merger with Warner happened, a lot of shows that really focused on sort of marginalized communities and a lot of stories around marginalized communities, uh, whether, you know, people of color, LGBTQ, uh, you know, so many other different, you know, things in front of the screen, behind, you know, the camera whatever the case may be, started to really take into effect, right? We saw shows on the CW getting canceled in Mass Effect, just not because of the merger, but also because of the sale of the CW. We saw HBO Max shows like Gordita Chronicles getting canceled. And also on top of that, you also have to look at the fact that because of this Warner Brothers Discovery merger, we had films like Batgirl get canceled and tax wrote off and, and just shelter to never see the light of day. And, and that, you know, being done by Leslie Grace, who is an amazing actress and, you know, ultimately comes from a Latino background. You saw, 
tons of other shows as well um, in the animation space just getting canceled, tax road off, taken off streaming services. You know, the conversation of, you know, this hurting workers and, and creatives because of residuals thus not being paid and, and all these sorts of things. So it really was a bad thing, right? Now, to quote specifically this bulletin from the Writers Guild, they say the casualties of the mega mergers include numerous projects created by featuring and or centering the experiences of women and people in color. Now, they also go on to talk about Batgirl, one of the very few mainstream superhero films that would have featured a Latina lead actress. Full Frontal with Samantha B, one of a handful of women hosted late night shows. Gordita Chronicles, a series about a Dominican immigrant family whose showrunner was a Latino woman. And then you also had Tuca and Birdie, which you know the, was an animated series featuring two lead women of color and Chad. Uh, as you know, again, among others, like I, I mentioned, and I think it's kind of crazy to see, uh, first off the list that, you know, had been canceled in sort of this, I don't want to say necessarily whitewashing, but this really sort of reversal on diversity inclusion and, also telling stories for all communities, right? And uh, as well, Variety reached out to a lot of different people. Uh, that being uh, Claudia uh, Forestieri, who produced and, and created Gordita Chronicles. And she kind of talked about how basically, you know, they were given a, a mandate from HBO Max um, to, you know, cut costs. Gordita Chronicles got canceled within five weeks of airing was going to be removed from the platform. And, you know, the justification for why the show was being canceled was rebranding away from shows about Latino families. Right. And it's really kind of upsetting to see that that was happening behind the scenes. You know, Lisa Hannibal, who did uh, Tuca and Birdie talked about how when the, you know, Tuca and Birdie first got canceled at Netflix, they had to fight to get it picked up at Adult Swim. They, you know, really understood, or, you know, Warner at least understood that it needed support with advertising. It needed time to grow. And everything, you know, went right through the most recent, like, season of Tuca and Birdie. And then from there, the marketing team got laid off. Several of the show's main executives at Adult Swim and HBO Max left. Uh, projects that were planned to market th and promote the show didn't happen. And then it had all just been canceled like that. Right. And they actually specifically said that the merger cost them the support that they needed to thrive to keep this show around and get a bigger audience, especially in a, you know, adult, uh, you know, animated male space. Right. You know, it's really hard to get a show, of, you know, female characters in animation, you know, time, you know, when it comes down to it. Uh, and we also had um, Moises Zamora, who uh, created and executive produced Whistleblower, who literally said, you know, very much similar, the same thing was that, you know, right before uh, Whistleblower went into production, the series got canceled, the press speculation was that the new company is focusing more on what 
was seen as middle America content and, you know, really highlighting as well um, that, you know, black Asian and Latinx communities are middle America as well. Right. So I think it's really intriguing uh, to see this whole thing playing out. Right. You know, I think if you, you know, look at the, the track record of Discovery and, and Warner Brothers combined, it has not been looking good. There's been more damage over the last year to Warner Brothers than I think in the last 10, 20 years of the entire media industry, right? You know, again, I think, you know, selling off things like the CW was a massive mistake for Warner Brothers. I think the merger uh, with Warner Media and Discovery as a whole was a really dumb idea. Um, you know, obviously people with AT&T and Discovery probably made out like a bandit with the stock and, and everything, which has dwindled uh, to all-time lows as well. So it is really kind of saddening to see. And also not only that, but there's industry speculation that in about a year, year and a half at the latest, that Comcast could seek to acquire Warner Brothers Discovery. And then we have this whole same process happening again, given the fact that Comcast and Peacock are doing practically the same thing, is canceling a lot of shows after one season that really have diversity and inclusion in, you know, their cast and also their crew and, and you know, uh, creators behind the scenes. So really saddening to see everything happening on, on that front and everything like that so let me know what you think about that on social media now before we get into our third and final topic for this episode i want to talk about the second sponsor for this episode that being one more one more is a professional audio brand that is committed to bringing you high-end audio solutions with studio quality sound delicate design and exceptional build quality one more makes some of the best earbuds and over-ear headphones for those that love listening to music, whether you're young, old, frugal, or affluent. They make equipment that is designed to hear music as it was meant to be heard and as the artist intended to hear. I myself have multiple different pairs of earphones and earbuds and headphones from one more they are a company i've loved for many many years because of the really exceptional sound quality when it comes to listening to music of all different genres and feels so if you're someone that is looking for a really great pair of wireless wired earbuds or earphones whatever the case may be go to one more.com that is one the, the number one more m-o-r-e.com or go to the show notes and you will find a link down below. All right. Now, for our third and final topic for this episode, I wanted to talk about the news that has come out and officially discuss about the future slate for DC on film, television, animation, and everything as... James Gunn has officially, within the last couple of hours uh, as recording this podcast, has come out on social media and laid out a small fraction of the 
10-year plan that he has touted that is in the works for DC, rebooting the DC universe as we've known it. And I really think it's very interesting some of the plans that he actually has for this and, and everything because ultimately I think it's kind of interesting. Now, he did talk about how there are some projects first that are going to kind of be a little bit outside of the core DCU, that being Matt Reeves's Batman Part 2 and Todd Phillips's uh, sequel to Joker, which I think is kind of understandable. Uh, he's also talked about how um, there is going to be, you know, the four projects this year, that being, you know, Shazam, Flash, Blue Beetle, and as well Aquaman, um, which I think is going to be really interesting to see those movies. Um, I definitely will see all but The Flash for very obvious reasons. Um, but getting into this, essentially, on Monday, um, James Gunn and Peter Safran, the co-CEOs of DC Studios, met with press on the Warner Brothers lot uh, to basically reveal the first part of Chapter 1 of the DCU. And James Gunn has come out on Twitter and basically said that they're calling this gods and monsters, uh, which will kind of be really interesting and uh i think ultimately very uh intriguing to see where things go from here now in terms of movies they revealed uh for the first you know uh movie of the dcu as um james gunn and peter saffron put it will be superman legacy it will basically be a more you know younger superman than what we've seen from the henry cavill days uh, and on top of that as, as well, um, you know, this will be, you know, more of a, you know, fresher take on Superman. It will not be an origin story, though, for Superman, which I think is actually a really great way of doing that. And uh, I think ultimately uh, with James Gunn writing this, you know, it is something that will be kind of, you know, intriguing. I believe as well, you know, there's talks of, uh, James Gunn possibly, you know, being able to direct this as well. And I think, you know, that might be, you know, a really interesting uh, turn of events if it happens that way. There's also a separate Superman movie being done by J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, that remains in development, will be outside the DCU as well. Now, the second movie that they talked about is The Authority, uh, which basically is going to be a ensemble movie about superhumans who have a less than idealistic approach saving the world um you know these come from like the 1990 era of dc comics um and it'll be kind of interesting to see how they do th these characters because i myself am very uh, very uh aware of the authority and it's you know place in dc comics but i think it might be a very interesting way of how to do it now the next one is going to be the brave and the bold which is uh, their version of Batman will, again, be separate from the version played by Robert Pattinson in the Batman movies. This one will introduce the Bat family, though, first among which is Robin. Um, this version of Robin is played by Damian Wayne, uh, which I think will be really interesting. Um, and, you know, I think ultimately uh, will be sort of a really unique film for you know fans of, of batman and robin and the rest of the characters from the batman universe 
So I don't know what to think about that, um, but I think it'll be quite interesting um, when it comes down to it. Now, the next one that they announced is going to be Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. And uh, I believe this is on the uh, comics run from, you know, uh, a couple years ago, Woman of Tomorrow. Basically going to be a little bit different of a type of Supergirl, uh, where according to James Gunn, end quote, uh, basically it'll be where a Supergirl is raised on a rock chip off of Krypton and watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life, which I think honestly will add a really interesting uh, perspective to the Supergirl character, really give like a more, I believe James Gunn's words were jaded. Uh, and I, th- I think I'm, you know, I'm kind of intrigued by that, right? Um, you know, who knows how this character could play out in, in this format, I think will be interesting. They also talked about that a new movie will be Swamp Thing. This will be the first time that Swamp Thing has had any sort of, uh, partaking in the DC world since the, the show on CW. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how this happens. Um, so they, you know, they kind of talked about how, uh, they're going to one-up the approach on this. It'll be a much more horrific film, uh, but still have Swamp Thing interact with other characters and really investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing at the same time. So I think it'll be really interesting how they do this uh, particular one. And then for television, my oh my, they announced a lot. So the first television uh, that they announced for the DCU is going to be Creature Commandos. Uh, this is a group of characters that were launched in the 80s. Very interesting, you know, uh, you know, group of characters. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that this is being an animated series is going to be really interesting. Uh, I believe they said that James Gunn wrote every episode. It is already in production. Um, and, you know, according to James Gunn, they're going to be able to tell stories that are gigantic, but without spending basically, you know, $50 million an episode. Uh, and also that the actors cast to voice characters on the show will also play the roles in live action later on in the DCU. So there's sort of a little bit of continuity versus how we've seen with like, for instance, Marvel animation, where some characters do and some characters don't voice the same as live action. So I think that will be interesting. And then as well, we have a series called Waller. This is based off of uh, Viola Davis's character, you know, obviously Amanda Waller, um, which I think would be really interesting, right? Uh, and there's sort of a little bit of a continuation of Peacemaker in this. Um, so I think that will be really interesting how they do this. Um, I believe that they said uh, Crystal Henry, who was part of the DCU writer's room, as well as Jeremy Carver are going to be uh, putting this together. You know, Jeremy Carver, who created, you know, Doom Patrol. So I think that this will be really interesting um, how to do it. And, you know, they said that both Creature Commando and Waller are expected to debut before Superman Legacy in 2025. Now, the next one that I think is interesting is Lanterns. This is going to be a you know, huge HBO quality uh, very much according to James Gunn in the vein of True Detective, uh, where it's going to focus on the uh, 
Hal Jordan version of Green Lantern and then the John Stewart version of Green Lantern. And it's uh, very, you know, separate from the Green Lantern series that was supposed to be developed by Greg Berlanti for HBO Max, which is apparently no longer moving forward. You know, they kind of said that uh, Greg's was more of a space opera, whereas they want to go more true detective terrestrial-based investigation type. So I think it could be interesting. I still would have loved to see what Greg Berlanti would have done with Green Lantern and, you know, really have a redemption with the Green Lantern character because I know a lot of people, when I talk about Greg Berlanti, bring up the Green Lantern movie from 2011 as a stain on his career. Now, on top of that, the other ones that got announced were Paradise Lost. This is going to be sort of a Game of Thrones-ish type of story um, before the birth of Diana. So that'll be really interesting, right, to see how everything all came about. It retells the Paradise Island Lost comic series uh, and you know so forth. So I think it'll be really interesting. I remember that comics run very well. And I think that this might be a, a very you know intriguing way to reboot Wonder Woman into the DCU. And then lastly, Booster Gold has been announced. And uh, I think that this will allow them to do outright comedy. It will be really intriguing. I also am going to give a little bit of a, a manifesting here, a little bit of you know hoping in, into the universe that because they're doing this Booster Gold series, that they might find a way to bring back the Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, given that, you know, Booster Gold was in, you know, the, the final season of Legends of Tomorrow. Anyway, we can get Legends of Tomorrow back. Uh, honestly, I think it's a great thing. Uh, but they basically talk about how this is going to be, um, you know, a little bit more of uh, an intriguing aspect to it. Um, you know, basically... You know, for those that don't know this character, uh, basically Mike Carter, Booster Gold, disgraced for, uh, former football star who uses a time machine uh, on display in the Metropolitan uh, Space Museum. So I think it'll be really interesting, right, to kind of see uh, how this comes to fruition. And also some other news that has come out as well regarding DC is that Superman and Lewis, which is currently on the CW. Now, according to James Gunn and Peter Safran, they've said that Superman and Lewis is expected to continue for at least one to two more seasons, which I think is really interesting, right? You know, they said that it is a show that everyone likes, so they're going to keep it around for a little bit. Uh, they were also very mum, though, on Gotham Knights, which hasn't debuted yet. I believe it's supposed to debut on March 14th, as well with the third season of Superman and Lewis. So it is kind of intriguing to see that they're keeping Superman and Lewis around for at least a year or two until, you know, Superman Legacy comes out. And then from there, you know, we get a whole new Superman and everything like that. And I think also coming out and saying that it will have one to two more seasons gives these writers uh, and showrunners the ability to nicely wrap up everything and, you know, put the final touches on the Arrowverse and the CW-verse and everything like that. So certainly really happy to see um, what is happening here with DC. I think there's a lot of great projects 
in the works, you know, obviously really focusing on Superman, Supergirl, Batman, Wonder Woman, and, and just tons of amazing other characters that over time I think are going to be really great. And again, this is only a snippet of the first part of the DCU. So I'm really intrigued to see how things play out from here. So with that being said, this is the end of the podcast. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure to leave a like as well as share the podcast with your friends, family, or anyone that you know really would mean a lot to myself and, again, everyone that works on this podcast. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, that being Talk of Town Pod. And with that being said, we will see all of you in the next episode.